from the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast, with your host, Andy and Kendra Fletcher. As veteran homeschooling parents, Fletch and Kendra discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. The Homeschooling IRL podcast promises to be honest, transparent, and witty as they uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we want to welcome you to the ninth episode of Homeschooling in Real Life. This one is titled... Boys. Boys, boys, boys. Yeah. Uh, We're excited. We have a, a great show for you tonight. We have Hal and Melanie Young from RaisingRealMen.com. And one of the things we have from them is a giveaway. We do. They have given us some great prizes to give away. What are they given? Well, a copy of their very popular book called Raising Real Men. Very cool. Yes. And also, uh, they have this really neat thing called Boot Camp, and they are giving away a registration for that. Hey, right on. So we're excited about this episode. All boys, stay tuned. boys we're sick of doing things for them dad do this do that they're a real pain yeah they're too bossy and all that junk they bring in the house dolls and stuffed animals and and those hair ribbons thousands of hair ribbons we're surrounded by hair ribbons boys now listen to me so that little fun clip from the Brady Bunch, which is a good chunk of our childhood, yeah? Yeah, that's if, when I talk about parenting and think about perfect parents, I think of Mike and Carol Brady. <laughs> well, it's easy to be a perfect parent when you have a script, Fletch. Oh. That little clip just reminds me of the time that I walked into the home of some friends of ours who were homeschooling three daughters, and their oldest daughter was sitting on the couch knitting and there was classical music playing. I think there was like a, a really nice candle burning, smelled good in there, and um, the dishes had been washed and put away. And I just remember walking in, and I, I almost laughed out loud because this has just absolutely never been our home. No, and it kind of reminds me of coming home from work any night when we've had boys around, and they've taken sidewalk chalk and mushed it with water. <laughs> and so, you know, basically, boys, they take one object and they change it from its normal use <laughs> right. into some other use. So you come home and, you know, in the middle of the lawn, I have wood driven down into the lawn <laughs> because just stacking wood for a fort wasn't good enough. They had to build a fort that was, you know, kills our lawn. <laughs> Did the they pour concrete? Yeah, that's the kind of stuff <laughs> boys do. That's the difference. Yeah. No one's ever been knitting. Well, none of our boys have ever been knitting when I come home. No. Well, Yeah. I know. I, and that's totally my personality. I'm this introverted, you know, little project-oriented person, and um, I love a home like that, but... Mm. That's just not reality. Not our reality. So, you know, raising boys. We're talking about homeschooling in real life, and, uh, you know, what we're going to do is is just take a peek behind the curtain again on this episode. Uh, like we mentioned in the intro, we have a great interview coming up, but let's just get into it. Uh, homeschooling boys. You know, what is it that people should know if they've... If they're, they have little boys and they're raising them and they're so cute, you know, they wear like <laughs> Oshkosh Bagosh and, you know, you have little shoes on them with Aww. the Ziploc ties and they're thinking, oh, when they're five, I'm going to homeschool them. Wait, did you just say Ziploc ties? Or whatever they are. What, no. <laughs> I don't know. That's Ziploc ties. They're, um. Velcro? Yeah, Velcro. <laughs> Ziploc. No, but see, like in your male mind, 
duct tape, zip ties. Those would work. <laughs> so, you know, they're these cute little boys and they're raising them. They're thinking, oh, someday we're going to homeschool. No, we don't want to take the wind out of people's sails. No. It's not like no. boys are horrible. No. It's just be prepared. That, right. You know, if you think, in my favorite story, let's just start with this. We've met plenty of families who think, you know, we're going to raise our boys in a civilized world. So maybe they're not going to be knitting like those girls in that house we saw. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely going to be raised without guns, without weaponry, without <laughs> things that are boys. And, and Kenj, what, what do you say to those oh, people who think that boys... That's a lovely dream. Um, but you don't need to provide the weapons. That's what I found out. I can remember our oldest boys were probably, oh, like... Um, They had to have been three and one or two and four, something like that. And I remember just pouring bowls of Cheerios and they were flicking across the table, those Cheerios right at each other. And you happened to call at that moment or something like that. And I just remember saying, what is the deal? They turn everything into ammo. Yeah. And, you know, taking cheese and cutting it and biting it into the shape of a gun. Oh, yeah. Like Like, the little American cheese square. They bit it into a shape of a gun and then it was... So I've never taken the time with our boys to teach them... How to do no. bomb sounds? No. Do you shoot or guns? Gun sounds? No. I'm not even a big shooter. But, <laughs> you don't even own. But on their a own, gun. they learned how to do that. Yeah. I don't <laughs> even own a gun, let alone many, to necessitate a rack. Okay, that's a bonus point for any listener who gets that reference. Yeah, that, I don't. I don't know what the bonus is going to be, but you get a point if you, <laughs> you would tweet that to us. Absolutely. Where that quote came from. But you know, I don't. I don't remember ever teaching them that. I mean, they're no. boys. We just let's start off saying they're wired differently absolutely and that's good i mean that god has created us male and female and we just need to realize that with boys that means a couple things a whole lot of energy yeah so let's let's talk about energy energy levels are higher right yeah and with that comes things like destruction oh yeah you know i remember the same family that had the knitting daughters right remember them complaining to me that boys had come to their house and traipsed through their backyard plants um the boys were just thinking they were conquering something in the jungle, I Yeah, think. I mean, you know, when you when you are a, a young little boy and you're inventing, uh, uh, like you said, a jungle palace, a uh, spacewalk, um, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, and not that girls don't do this, but I don't think boys see the path. No. They see mm-hmm. a straight line. And no, and actually what I really think happens so many times with boys is they don't think about the end result. And that's been something we've actually had to, to say aloud. You need to stop and think, if I do this, what will happen? Because I don't think little guys naturally think at all about what the consequences are. They just think, ooh, cool. I'm yeah. going to jump off the roof. That'll be fun. Sure. Yeah. I was talking to a, a fellow today about raising boys. and um, Well, let me just share a, just a quick story I think our, our listeners will like. And that's, um, I had a young boy in. He was just about six years old. And um, he'd come in because his mom, who I know is a homeschooling mom, had said that uh, she thought that he lost a permanent tooth. Mm. And, you know, I'm a dentist, so that's if our listeners don't know that. That's what I do when I'm not podcasting. <laughs> that's one of the things I do. I do other things. But, we, you know, she comes in and says, I think he lost a tooth. And I looked at him. I said, actually, you know, he lost a baby tooth. The permanent tooth is still there. And I said, just, you know, for kicks and giggles, what, what happened? You know, just so I know. And she said, well... Um, she kind of put her head down kind of in a little bit of shame. And I said, you know what? I've, I have boys. There's nothing that's that odd. And she said, well, his older brother farted on him. And he, <laughs> he, Are you kidding yeah, me? And he decided to bite his toe. Oh, And when he bit yeah. him in the toe, he pulled his toe and, you know, the 
toe. And the tooth. <laughs> yeah, hooked onto the tooth and pulled it out. And I thought, that is going to be perfect for our episode tonight. Because that's 100% boy. And that's in the middle of her homeschooling day. One yeah. brother farted on the other. Ugh. And the other one bit his toe. And then the end of the result is, I've lost a tooth. Right. And then they're in my office. You know, and, and uh, she says, I'm so thankful you're a homeschooling dad and you know our family. I said, well, it doesn't matter that I know your family. I just know boys. Right. You know, we want to encourage you to connect with us through social media. The best way to do it is go straight to homeschoolingirl.com, our brand new website, where you can get our Twitter handle. You can find us on Facebook on that same website. And then if you'd like to subscribe, we will keep you updated on every new blog post, every episode that goes up. And just fun newsletters that we plan on sending out. Go straight to our website. Again, it's homeschoolingirl.com. All right, so not only energy, but how does this play out in homeschooling, Kench? Oh, you know, it's funny. Just this morning, Christian, who's six years old, uh, was in on our little history lesson that we do. Um, And it's probably, I would say when we're listening to our history, history lesson, which is on audio, it's about 20 minutes or so that they're required to just listen they're coloring or, you know, whatever else, but this kid cannot sit through this 20 minute lesson. I mean, it, it's, it takes every, <laughs> every control of every tiny little nerve in that body. And so I'm not expecting him to sit through the entire thing. Um, that's a goal. We'll get there eventually. But, um, you know, I will say, Hey bud, sit down and put your little hands on your lap. For as long as you can. I mean, I don't say that, but I'm thinking for as long as you can get those little hands to sit still. Um, I'll give them something to do, like color, a coloring page that goes along with the lesson. Um, but the truth is that once that's over and I can turn off the recording to discuss the lesson, I will often say, hey, bud, get up and give me 10 jumping jacks. Hey, bud, jump, run downstairs, touch the front door and run back up here. Uh, because it's just too long for little guys to sit still. My little girls could. My little boys cannot. Yeah, we, we do that a lot on our properties. Just, hey, run out to the edge of the trees. Yeah. And then come back. Right. Um, just work it out. Yeah. And then maybe run one more time. Oh, yeah, exactly. And this is why um, trampolines exist or backyard swimming pools. Yeah. I think um, if we remember their frames, their frames are different than girls' frames. And we're going to touch on that a little bit in our interview with Hal and Melanie. Yeah, just that we're we're raising different creatures. And you know what? We want to encourage you that if you're listening to this, don't turn off just because you have daughters. Because we have an entire episode coming up on girls. We do. Uh, in our next episode, two weeks from now. Hey, you know, before we move on um, any further in this discussion, let's just stop for a quick little commercial break. The iHomeschool Network weekly podcast features a panel of homeschool moms who chat about teaching our children, curriculum, parenting, managing our homes, and self-care. Some of the previous topics have included socialization for homeschoolers, homeschooling an only child, meal planning for the homeschool family, and teaching worldview. And just a few of the topics scheduled for 2014 are teaching writing and homeschool co-ops. Find the iHomeschool Network weekly podcast by searching iHomeschool Hangouts podcast on iTunes or go to iHomeschoolNetwork.com. Hey, Kenj, what qualifies us to talking about boys on this episode? Maybe people don't know about our family. Well, that's a good point, Fletch. We have five sons and three daughters. 
So uh, the bulk of our child-raising efforts go into boys over here. Right, and it's been split, so I can't think of a time that you haven't had a little boy in your homeschool. Oh, absolutely, because the first three are boys. You're right. So our um, top two are graduated. Our third boy is a junior in high school right now, and then we've got a kindergartner and a first grader who are boys. And would you say we've seen a lot? (laughs) Oh, we've seen a lot. And we have made a massive amount of mistakes. Yeah. Now, one of the things I'd like to talk about, just so people don't think we're, we're talking to them and not living in the trenches with them. I mean, we woke up three weeks ago. Yeah. And our little boys had peed in their bedroom. Oh, I know. I mean, that. <laughs> there's just. There's some things in the. Are you able to laugh about that? Yeah, already? in the Brady Bunch I'm still parenting manual. I think. I never saw Greg Peter and Bobby <laughs> pee in their bedroom. Okay, but worse than that, I mean, yes, the peeing was bad, but don't you remember, like, a year and a half, two years ago, one of them pooped in their trash can in their bedroom. Yeah. So, you know, I, <laughs> I, I just this. don't want people to think that we're raising animals in this home. Oh. Um, so we have some identity issues. I don't want people to think that I'm raising, <laughs> you know, half wolf boys. Um, we're raising boys. Fletch, the bathroom is like 10 feet from their bedroom. I know. But I, again, it's not crazy boys we're raising. We're just raising boys. I mean, we've seen injuries. We've seen illness. We've seen crazy discussions. Uh, If you go on our blog this week, you see a whole blog post I put up about, you know, a discussion at our table with our sons about how we would behave if we were cannibals. (laughs) I mean, this is just ridiculous boy stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's just part of it. And we have friends who've raised boys Yeah, and we know we're not alone. Right. You know, I remember, you know, broken windows and things thrown off of two story houses because they're boys. Right. Um, And so I just want you to know that we're right in the trenches with you. When we have this discussion today, we know where you are and we'd love to hear from you. So, you know, take the time to engage with us here on this blog post and just let us know, you know, let's share some of our funny stories and, and talk it through together. You know, is there something you're stuck with? in your family or you feel like you're never going to get over, Mm. um, you know, I want to kill someone. And that's the person who told us, Oh, you're right around the corner from them acting mature. (laughs) Like I remember like our boys were coming up and they're like, Oh, you know, once they hit seven, that's when maturity strikes. And then you're like, I remember like seven came and I'm like, where's the darn corner. (laughs) This is like a long, slow (laughs) curve. And then, you know, they're 12 and they're 30. Oh, you know, maturity is there when they're Mm. a teenager. And then, you know, maturity is there when they're 18. And I just think, what's my favorite quote when it comes to boys? Oh, yes. Your favorite quote is to say, quick, to the idiot mobile. Yeah. And that's, you know, if you can give me the, if you know where that quote has come from, that's two things you can win on, <laughs> on this episode. Because that's another stolen quote. But yeah, it's like, hey, you know, we have this great idea. And then, you know, you and I hear it and go, well, that, sounds, that, that you know, sounds fantastic. Oh, so yeah. We're going to go upstairs. Dad, do you have an umbrella? And do you have some rope? Right. And you just go. But I can't imagine anything going wrong with those two no, things. No, no, nothing at all. Especially uh, if matches are involved, then you know you're, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when, when they're with you all day, mm-hmm. you don't see the ridiculous, stupid things they do to and from and then at school. Right. When they're with you. Right. So, you know, when I come home and I find string from the upstairs to the front doorknob. Oh, that's an everyday And appearance. a hanger and right. Legos. That's a zip line for the Lego guy. Yeah. When you see that, you just go, yeah, right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, you know, with old, older boys yeah. that are in their high teens and can drive. Yeah. 
and suddenly they say, hey, we're going to go out, and you and I are fully prepared to go to sleep <laughs> at like yeah. 11 o'clock. A reasonable hour. And they're heading out in the car mm-hmm. to go, I think the big thing is to buy energy drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's what every <laughs> that's what you need. Teenage. If you're a teenage boy, you need that at 11:30. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you know, those are the times when I just say, "Quick to the idiot mobile." Here right. they go again. One more plan. Yep. So you mentioned that you came home one time and there was a boy way up in a redwood tree, and I totally remember the first time I just said, "Go for it." When these guys wanted to climb those trees, you know. How tall do you think those trees are? Because I'm really bad at measuring. So how tall would oh, you say? They're probably 40 feet. Yeah, I mean, these aren't little trees. These are California redwood trees. They're huge. Yeah, they've been around several, at least 10 years. Oh, goodness. Probably. You're talking about the big ones? Yeah, the big ones yeah, out. they've been around at least 20 years. Yeah, yeah, those are huge trees. So literally, this kid is at the, <laughs> as tall, as high as he could go in this tall tree. Um, and so I, I had kind of come to um, an understanding after reading a book that was very popular maybe 10 years ago called Wild at Heart. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And he talks about letting boys push their limits, that you you really have to let them attempt things and fail. And that, um, you know, within reasonable means, obviously you're not going to let your 10-year-old drive the car. However, (laughs) if your 10-year-old wants to, to climb that tree or or spend the night outside in a tent because it's cold and it makes him feel like a mountain man or whatever those things are, by all means, allow them to conquer that in their minds and in their little bodies. So I, I do, I just let them climb that tree that day. And I'll tell you, I'm really, really glad I did. Um, I've watched boys just be, um, little adventures ever since then. And, uh, being a mom who just allows them to do that, and trusting that God's going to take care of them is a really great thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, this is a place where, you know, if if you're not comfortable doing that, maybe just check with your husband and say, does this seem normal? Is this something that we should allow the boys to do? And um, I think more often than not, you know, at, at the risk of going to the ER, <laughs> yeah. I think we've said it a lot of times. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Right. Um, Although, you know, there are days I've said, I'm not taking anybody to the ER today, so knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think any day where, you know, the, the the guys come up to us and they have an idea, especially the two little guys. Yeah. And they come up with, with you know, they're dressed in a costume. <laughs> they're ready to run outside. They have a plan. Um, I think any time where you and I just kind of sit back and smile and say, yeah, I, I, I can't see anything going wrong with this plan whatsoever. <laughs> right. And it's multiple components. And as long as there's no <laughs> fire or, you know, weaponry, it for the most part, it's going to seem like a, a pretty good idea. Yeah. You know, we're building in them this idea of adventure and um, imagination. And I, I, I like to think you know, there's a couple things from childhood I've brought forward into marriage. One is, you know, sure, the Brady Bunch, right? That's, there were some boys just being boys. And there's a lot of life lessons in the Brady Bunch that, you know, as much as you think it's a lame show if, if you're a listener and you don't like it, you know, I was raised on it. It's just, it's just funny to me. But the second idea as far as boys living out boys, I mean, if you haven't read Calvin and Hobbes and you're a parent of boys, just pick up Calvin and Hobbes because Bill Watterson nails it with Calvin. I mean, the idea of just goofiness, silliness, adventure, <laughs> imagination, um, you know, half the, half of the comic strips are him 
perched on top of a snow hill yeah. with his sled getting ready to just barrel down it. And I'd want my boys to know, go for it. You know, the worst thing is you might hurt yourself. And, you know, within reason. That's you know, the worst thing? Within reason. Yeah. You know. Um, my Our kids think that scabs or our boys think that scabs and bruises and broken bones are like medals of honor. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, this discussion about boys, we, we really did have a, a good heart-to-heart discussion with Hal and Melanie Young. So what, how about if we go to that interview now and then we come back and wrap up with a few more things at the end. Okay. So we're excited to be uh, on the phone line uh, with Hal and Melanie Young, and we are looking forward to talking to them today. There's a, a couple ways that we found out that we are connected with them. Oh, yeah. So what's the most recent way we just found out? Well, we just found out that they at one time lived where you practiced dentistry in Modesto, California. Yes, exactly. And they don't live there anymore. Uh, The other connection is, (laughs) and we're excited, is that they are uh, fellow podcasters on the ultimateradioshow.com. If you guys want to listen, any of our listeners can go to Making Biblical Family Life Practical on the ultimateradioshow.com. You can uh, see a catalog of their shows that have been recorded and... Listen right along with them. They're a lot of fun. We've we've actually talked about them before because we've listened to them often on our uh, shows when we have times. Yes, and I don't know if you remember this, but several years ago, s- several of their sons stayed at our house. Yeah, that was the third connection I was okay. going to make. So All right. They kind of <laughs> have an inside track as to who we are, which... I don't know. That's scary. You invite people into your home, you know. You never yeah. know. So the, <laughs> the topic for today... Uh, is, is that... Yeah. Is that- is that more scary than going into strangers' homes? Yeah. <laughs> that can it be can be. Yeah. True. That's true. <laughs> it can be. So yeah. our topic tonight is uh, homeschooling in real life, raising boys. And we wanted to interview uh, Helen Melanie Young. So let's start by maybe just having you uh, introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your family. Well, sure. Well, uh, this is Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we have... A total of eight children, but God was pleased or amused or something to give us six <laughs> boys in a row at the very start of that. And so we have six boys, three are adults, three are still at home, and then two little girls at the end who, yes, are spoiled rotten. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, that's another little connection we have because we have five of our eight are all boys. Yes, mm-hmm. but God broke them up, and that was his laughing joke, too, because I was old and I got these two little boys at the end. Like, that's so funny, God. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it <laughs> keeps you young, Kendra. Busy little boys. Oh, yes. And tired. <laughs> yeah, that too. Okay, so we live in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. We have homeschooled our guys from the beginning. Have three graduates. So so how long have we been homeschooling now? It'll be 20, 20 years in January. Woo! 20 years. Yes. And I still have hair. <laughs> yes. You can do this. And Hal, do you still have hair? That's, a, that's another question. Most of it. Okay. Yeah, I've got most of it. I, yeah, we uh, we decided to homeschool before we had children to inflict it upon. And so we uh, we have been involved with the homeschooling movement. Actually, I think our first event that we went to was in Modesto. It sure was. The first event we went to, John Calvin, our oldest, was in a baby sling, and it was in Modesto. All right. Well, what we want to do tonight is uh, talk to you a little bit about raising boys, specifically with homeschooling in real life, we really like to just kind of pull the veil back and talk about maybe some of the tougher or real issues that sometimes homeschoolers either don't want to talk about or um, argue about or uh, (laughs) 
plant their flags in. And um, we just kind of like to pick your brains on on raising boys in a homeschool environment or why or all those questions. So um, we have a variety of questions we have. So let's just maybe keep the conversation going by saying, what do you find? This is a big one. So you can break it up however you want. What do you find to be unique about raising boys in a homeschool environment? Oh, all right. I think that girls are the ones doing the teaching and they don't get that the ones they're teaching are guys. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I see so much disconnect when I talk to moms and, and, you know, we travel around speaking at conventions. I see so much disconnect. You know, mom will say to me, I just, how in the world do I get my son to concentrate? We start start school at eight o'clock and by 10, he's just wiggling (laughs) and can't pay attention. And I tell, I tell my son, honey, come on. We just have four more subjects before lunch. And I'll say, really? How's that working out for you? Yeah. And she'll say. They'll shake, shake their head sadly. And she'll say, we can't even get one subject done. And it's just they don't understand. You know, God made those guys energetic so that mm-hmm. one day they could work all day long and get home and still have the energy to lead their family and work in their church and work in their community. And they can't sit still for four hours, Mom. Yeah. And well, that, I think that's the biggest disconnect is moms just have, we have a hard time understanding they're not us. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I think, <laughs> I think that's the thing that hits people first, you know, whether it's when they first try to do something, you know, concentrated with their own sons or if like we have friends who have all daughters and in the days past when they sometimes would come in to watch the children while we had a doctor's appointment or something, they always came away with eyes as big as saucers because yeah. – of the noise and the activity and the rough and tumble, the aggression. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and they said, wow, cause they're used to everything being quiet and harmonious. And so, yeah. you know, our, the personality of boys and normal boyish behavior can kind of come as a surprise, especially to mom. Yeah. And you know, there are other, there are other issues as they get older and there gets to be some of that. I'm a, I'm a man. Why is mo- mommy telling me what to do? Right. You know, there are other issues, but that first issue, I think that the ultimate thing is just realize they're male yeah. and God made them different. They learn differently. Yeah. They learn in a slightly different environment better than we do. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. It's perfectly normal. It's all right. So, yeah, and- Hal, have you seen a, a need then to step up or step in? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of um, – I still think this. Uh, part of being a dentist is I talk to a lot of families every day. And I talk mm-hmm. to a lot of homeschool families because, you know, we have a little bit of a homeschool bubble here in Modesto. Um, but I find that it, for the most part, it's mom's teaching. And it's it's not so much dad's disengaged like it was when we first started because I think mm-hmm. there's definitely been a call uh, for men to get involved in homeschooling. But do you see a specific need for men to be involved in homeschooling as opposed to just turning it over to their wife and getting a report at the dinner table every night when they get back from work? I think that the role that's easiest, the easiest way for a father to conceptualize this is to say every school has a principal. You know, they have the person who's the chief administrator, who sets the vision for the school, who handles the discipline problems, who's there to make sure that his teachers have the support and the materials they need. And that really, I think when you describe it that way, it's easy for a husband, for a father to say, Oh, okay. I get that. I know what a principal does, you know, because most of us, I mean, let's, let's be honest. 
94% of, of homeschool instruction is being done by the mothers. And that's just, you know, movement wide here. But the, um, you know, the practical fact is if dad is out working an eight hour job, which, you know, is actually more like 10 hours. And then his commuting time, which if you're in California, that adds what another two hours on the day. Yeah. You know, Four. Yeah. By the time, by the time you get, you know, you get home, you get dinner, the kids are no, you know, the kids aren't capable of learning mm -hmm. at that point. If even if dad was available to let's learn some algebra now, I, you know, it's, it's <laughs> the end of a long day already. So, you know, God gave us these helpers to be our, you know, our, our representatives in this job that, that he's called us to. So I think that understanding that this is a partnership, that this is something that the, uh, the mom who is homeschooling is doing it in support of the family mission that God's giving. That doesn't mean that dad is teaching phonics, but it means that dad has got to know what's going on and yeah, it, support it and be there when necessary. It doesn't even mean dad decides what we're doing about phonics. It's right. just that dad knows dad is available to help help mom make decisions about where, where we're going with this. Mm -hmm. Dad is ready to engage when, like, you remember you used to come home from work sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you walk in, the kitchen's cold. He'd say, mm -hmm. honey, what's for dinner? And I'd say, I want to go out. And he'd say, oh, he's a, such a sweetheart. He'd say, well, where would you like for me to take you? And I'd say, I want to go alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those days. Yeah. Okay. And he'd say, yeah, where are the children and yeah. what do I need to do with them? You know? yeah. 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 And so, you know, I think, I think dad's involvement in the younger years is more figuring out where the family's headed. And and making sure that he accepts the responsibility for everything that's going yeah. on instead of just oh that's her thing, you know. Yeah. In yeah. the later years, um, dad's going to have to step in more with the sons and particularly how they react to their mom's authority. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think one of the biggest surprises to me as my three oldest sons came into that tween age, you know, early teen years. And some of them very um, passively disregarded my authority. <laughs> they just yeah. sort of did it quietly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, go get me that paper you wrote. What paper? Oh, mm -hmm. I was supposed to be writing a paper? You know, those kind of things. Or um, we assumed math was being accomplished every day only to find out, you know, oh, you're smiling. You guys are smiling yeah. like you know that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Been yeah. There, done that. And then, you know, and then the math, you realize, oh, math hasn't been done in a month. Um, and then yeah. other, and then I had one, one in particular who um, was not so passive. And so how have you guys handled that shift in uh, – it's it's not really an authority shift because I think we still establish that hey mom's here during the day and you do need to listen to you know what she is saying. Yeah. But how have you guys made that transition and has it always been smooth or you know is it something you've had to? I'm not Kendra. I'm not sure it's smooth for anyone ever <laughs> because you know the the thing is we see in the nine to twelve year olds before they see any before you see any physical change their mm -hmm. hormones start flowing yeah and you start seeing the wide the wild emotional ups and downs uh, leaps of illogic you see the addle-headedness yeah yep. you see confusion <laughs> yeah um, early senility yeah yeah and that's and that's, that's right. just the kids yeah, yeah. And, and the and the rage you know you'll say hey son oh, yeah. change that shirt it's filthy oh i can't believe you're criticizing me all the time all you do is criticize mm -hmm. me 
No, and we're saying you have a spot that's different. That's yeah, different. Right. But, yeah. but you really have to you have to get it in your head and then mm. in your child's head that what's going on is not based on reality. Mm. You know, it's hormonal, and we need to somebody's got to be the adult around here. And so, what's tempting is to just flare back at them and let right. their emotions set the tone. Well, and if you do that, well, you'll all go crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, their kids. They go into a tailspin because they're getting all of this emotional chemistry going on that they don't know what to do with it. Right. And if if we if we're not willing to stand firm, and I don't mean being hard edged, but I mean being stable. Yes, stable. If, if we're not if we're not able to stand stable and let the waves crash against us a little bit, mm. then we can get sucked into the same vortex with them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And instead, yeah, and instead we've got to be calm. Mm-hmm. And sure, and listen to them. You know, this is when the transition needs to be made from do what I said because I'm your mother to mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Because you've got to make a transition from the benevolent dictator your 9 or 10-year-old needs mm-hmm. to the trusted advisor your 18 or 19-year-old needs. Yeah. And I that's think, when that yeah. begins right. is during that time. And it's it's all wrapped up with homeschooling and family life. We do a whole five-week webinar series yeah. called Boot Camp 9 to 12 yeah. for parents of 9 to 12-year-old boys <laughs> to help them through this. Because we found out about 80% of the questions we get all over the country are about 9 to 12-year-olds. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I found I, two things I found really helpful. One of them is we've, we started kind of um, coaching our young guys um, before they hit this time. So we're talking when they're seven or eight years old, mm. we start talking about the the onset of adolescence. And we're not talking about you'll you'll start to get a whisker or, you know, your voice will crack, but rather this emotional whirlpool they're gonna oh, get into. Yeah. Good. And tell them, okay, okay, you're gonna you're gonna be tempted because Satan knows that at this point, if he can break your relationship with your parents, <laughs> then he can blow you all over the place as a teenager. So we're not gonna let that happen. And, and then tell them you're going to think you're going to have these thoughts come to mind. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about nobody me. Yeah. understands you. They all want to, to, to stop you down and take your freedom away. And, you know, you know, it, that kind of thing. So, you know, when two or three years later they go into one of these emotional meltdowns, you can tell them you know, gently because they're not always teachable. Yeah. But you can <laughs> gently tell them, you know, I told you you were going to be tempted by these things. And you know what? Our love has not changed. We still love you as much as we ever did. Okay? And just keep calling them back to that. I think one real danger is that their kids go into this and parents out of fear get harsh mm. yeah. and locked down right. and get yeah. strict. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's almost the the worst thing you can do <laughs> because it just convinces them, yes, nobody cares about me. Yes, my parents are too harsh. I think in t- instead we say, teachable moment it's time to sit down to listen to them to show that you care about the relationship mm-hmm. and to build start begin building an adult relationship with them mm-hmm. and that's hard it's brutally hard oh it is because they'll say the most ridiculous they, things. They, yeah. they'll say the crazy things and you'll feel like okay great i have spent the entire day counseling my 12 year old and we have no school to show for it yeah but you got to remember that kind of school is way more important that discipleship, that character building, that's yeah. way more important mm. than the math that you would have done. He can do two math lessons tomorrow. Yeah. 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 That that's, is great advice. Yeah, good and, stuff. And two, I think, you know, 
back to sort of our purpose or mission for homeschooling IRL is is to sort of knock down some of the, um, the the sacred cows that homeschoolers hold. And I think one of them that possibly really damaged our thinking um, for some years was this idea that if you if you're homeschooling them and you're discipling them well, then you will not have teenagers who rebel against you. And you know we've mm. we just bought into that on some level, like, well, yeah, that's right. We're just going to really walk alongside of them and they will not rebel. And, you, you know, here's the reality. The reality is they have this this um, organic thing going on inside of them that's fighting against mm-hmm. them, just yes. like I do yep. every month. That's not right. rebellion. <laughs> that's chemistry, no. you know. We, we call it pre-manhood syndrome. Yeah. yeah. PMS. <laughs> it's PMS. Right, exactly. And, you know, to equip parents to learn to navigate those years is a far better, far better strategy than, oh, they will not rebel if you do it right, because that's not even the truth. Well, it's we, not. King David had a son who tried to kill him. Yeah. He was a man after God's own heart. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty tough. Tough home life, isn't it? You know, the um, I, I think one of the things we see in the movement, and one of the one of the side benefits of um, of the homeschooling movement is a lot of parents are being called into a closer walk with the Lord mm. than they ever have before, and sometimes they're you know sometimes they didn't grow up in yeah. a believing family or an intentional kind of family, and so. They think back to their own childhood, to their own teenage years and say, boy, I was a messed up kid. We're going to do things differently. Mm -hmm. And here's the trick. Just as you said, Kendra, we think that we're going to homeschool original sin out of our family. Right. It can't happen. And then (laughs) we don't. And so when our our children go through normal transitions and they have these hormonal loop-de-loops going on, we think, oh, no, I've failed. There's something spiritually sick in our children, and, and, and you know, I've got to really clamp down on this because it's all coming apart. When really, you know, th- there's nothing going on with your child that didn't doesn't go on with everybody. Right. You know, it, yeah. it's just a yeah. normal part of the confusion of this transition in life. Well, you know, that's one of the risks of legalism. I think a lot of mm-hmm. Christians, a lot of Christian homeschoolers who would never – Except a legalistic view of salvation mm-hmm. will look yeah. at it. Will take a legalistic view of parenting. Yeah. That if we can just fulfill this list, <laughs> follow this teacher, or do all these things, everything's going to turn out perfectly. <laughs> and it's it's a Mm-mm. huge mess up. It convinces their children that they only love them if they follow the, the yeah. those rules. Yeah. yeah, you know it it causes bitterness and anger in your children when they find out those things are not in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And instead, we need to be focusing on relationship and on discipleship with our children. And, you know, that's a way different thing from I'm going to do these things and you're going to turn out perfectly. Right, kid? Uh, Absolutely. And that message needs to be said more. So keep saying it. Um, So I have another question is uh, kind of being on the forefront of um, homeschooling and talking about boys specifically. What are the topics uh, that that homeschoolers are avoiding that you guys want a nationwide podium to stand up and say, okay, mm-hmm. let's stop ignoring these topics and let's start talking about them? Is there anything that you've seen? Um, yes. Okay. Are you really ready for this? <laughs> yeah, we're going to get real Ooh, now. Good. We're this is the good really stuff. We're going to get really real now. Well, okay. We, we yes. started out years ago. We started out with a single presentation, and it was about – homeschooling boys and we talked about 
you know, normal boyish behavior and how that works in the homeschool environment and all this. We had one slide in this presentation. We spent about three minutes talking about not the dating and courtship thing so much, but the idea of, of purity, you know, that you, you need to teach your sons how to deal with the temptations that come how to, to them. How to restrain themselves. Mm-hmm. How to restrain themselves, whether it's in relationships or with their, their physical curiosity or you know, the kind of entertainment they seek out, whatever. So we talked just for about three minutes. Every time we gave that presentation, people would come up after and they wanted to talk about that three minutes. They wanted to disagree (laughs) with us because they wanted to convince us that really they were completely protecting their son and there's no way he would be tempted sexually. (laughs) And and we realized after just our first year out speaking, you know, as a, as a full-time thing, I looked at Melanie, I said, boy, I really hate to say this because I don't want to start doing it. But I think we're going to need to do a separate workshop just talking about purity. Yeah. Mm. Just talk because we so many times we would get mothers come in and they're thinking about their experience and they're thinking about how their daughters view this whole situation and the timetable that they all grew up on. And they don't realize, you know what, those little boys hit an area of temptation years before your daughters do. And the temptation no longer waits for your son to go looking for it. Mm-hmm. It comes and looks for him right. through, yes. so, through the Internet. And right. the, what we're seeing, and I'll tell you, it's, if you look at the statistics, it's absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, well over 90% of teenage boys have been exposed to Internet pornography. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and close to 90%, 89% mm-hmm. have been exposed to the extremes of perversion. Yeah. And what we're finding is that homeschool parents are totally clueless about they're, this. They're, so many are in denial. They just yeah. don't realize it. And they think that, well, you know, we, we keep the computer in the family room and, and so everything's safe. But they right. ignore the fact that they can access it through their phones. Right. Yeah. Or, or their game consoles. Yeah. Their game, consoles. game consoles. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah a mom. A mom came up to sobbing, came up to us mm-hmm. saying, you know, her son had been accessing it for three years through his game console. Oh, wow. She didn't know he had Internet access at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. guess that's, so you know, we, part of that um, just being savvy. I mean, that's that's one part of it. But, uh, Hal, I have a funny story that I like. Well, it's not funny, but I love to tell uh, mm-hmm. the story about um, raising my boys. And, you know, I, I've always had Fridays off. I mean, that's even why we're talking today. And so one Friday, I decided to go to the dump, and I was going to take my kids with me because your boys should be with their dad doing dad manly work. And <laughs> so let's load up the trailer with stuff and take it to the dump. And, uh, you know, so we, we get coffee and we're talking. And it's, I think they were probably 12, 10, and 8, you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, you know, good, like every. I should have been on a homeschool magazine for what I was doing. I mean, this was like, you know, <laughs> spend time with dad day. And uh, we we yeah. get to the dump and uh, I said, all right, you know, we have to go and unhook the back of the trailer. To, and it's one of those, you know, automatic lifts. Yeah. And uh, I saw, you know what, I'll go do it. You guys do the ropes here. And I get to the back of the trailer and I look on the ground and there is just a pile of graphic, like, I mean, the most crazy pornography I've ever seen uh, wow. just spread out around my feet. And so here's, here's the deal. I didn't, I could have 12 filters on a computer. I could have every computer sitting on my wife's lap. I could, I could not have computers. I could do whatever the, the rules are that people want to put in place to prevent their kids from seeing 
pornography and a mm-hmm. good noble day with dad doing hard work was what was going to expose them to pornography. And I, yeah. I had a lot of joy in dumping that trash, you know, right on top of yeah. that pile of pictures there. Um, but I've, I've shared that story yeah. with a lot of men and said, I don't care what you think you're preventing. Uh, if the enemy wants to find a way to get your kids, he'll find a way, you know, it doesn't, yeah. you don't have to, to do that. So anyhow, that's just, so, so we need to yeah, build better boys. Yeah. And so we've, we've often <laughs> yeah. said that, okay, so now what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to run down the road and mm-hmm. clean the road in front of my children. I'm going to prepare my children for that road that I'm not going to be there with, you know, sometimes I'm just not going to physically be present to pick up right. every little speck. Um, but we're going to do a little more insulating from within. Yeah. You kind of have to, you have to do, you have to do both during mm-hmm. the, that time when they're transitioning to adulthood You've got to be preparing them and teaching them and being very frank with them in your teaching. Right. Hey, I have one more that I'd like a response from uh, just sure. because I think this is a very real situation that we're seeing over and over again. And uh, so we had the first one. Now, the second one, mm-hmm. um, older, um, older kids, older boys specifically, um, that are abandoning their faith. So they get to the end of homeschooling. Yeah. They, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, and they've, you know, seemingly been young, healthy, vibrant Christian men, but they just go off the rails. Uh, I'm so glad you asked that. So what's the encouragement then to um, our fellow homeschool parents out there who that's a real issue. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to tell their friends at church that, oh, yeah, uh, you know, Johnny Jr., he's living with his girlfriend or, or whatever, whatever it is, he's doing this, he's doing that. They don't want to say it because a, they look like a failure and they feel, um, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, or well, B they're living with so much pride. They just can't be real. Yeah. So what would, what, what's your response, your encouragement, your words for well, that family? Okay. There's two or three things in, that need to be said here. First to that family, Pray for your children and trust God because God saved up many of us out of the same kind of thing. Sure. And, but I think we need to speak to the family that's not there yet because we're seeing this a lot too. In fact, we just this month started a, doing a new workshop called Passing the Baton, Don't Stumble at the Finish Line. Mm. Because what we're seeing is parents over controlling, and that is horribly dangerous with boys mm. because with boys, when they over control, you either end up with he becomes passive, the boy in the basement who yeah. games all day. Right. Or Or you end up with the boy who struggles to free himself from the shackles of his parents. And it in that's in that case, you're just blessed if he doesn't reject the faith. You, right. you should be happy if he just decides not to homeschool. Or rejects yeah. you. <clears throat> you know? But but we're we do see that a lot. And you know, I think one thing that one of the temptations when there's those young guys start to hit early adolescence, and they start to question things. I remember when our when our sons, and I think our daughters too now, when they got to be about five or six years old, they seemed sensitive to spiritual things, and they'd get a profession of faith, and you know, you think, wow, this is great. And then they get to be about nine or ten, and they'd start saying, well, how do I know there's really a God? <laughs> yeah. How do we know the Bible's really true? And and you you know, your first reaction is, oh, I've lost them. Yeah. But you know, the, no. But actually, what that is is that's the door opening in their brain that says, "I'm ready for some apologetics. 
I need you to explain it to me. It's not just enough that mom and dad told me this, but I need to know what, on what basis. I needed my own faith. I because, need an adult faith. Because that's when they transition from I do what mom and dad tell me to and I believe what mom and dad tell me to I believe it myself. This is my God. This is my Savior. It's not just my parents' thing. And so how do you react when they get to that point of, of questioning? Do you clamp down or do you answer their questions? You know, Do you, do you yeah. interact with them? I think that's a huge thing. I think that mm -hmm. a lot of parents need to understand that with boys, if you wait until they're responsible to give them responsibility, it's never going to happen. Mm. Yeah. Because boys gain <laughs> they, responsibility through being given responsibility. They, mm. they grow to meet the challenge. Yeah, they rise to the challenge. And so yeah. I, I would love to tell parents, you know, when your boy's training a little bit, give him more responsibility than he thinks he can handle. Mm -hmm. Because then he'll be reaching back and asking you for advice. Yeah. But if you if instead you try to hold him tight and protect him from responsibility, he's going to shove you away mm. because God made him to be a man and stand on his own two feet. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we we homeschoolers have got to say, are we raising many me's to be children all their lives or are we raising adults? Yeah. And if so, let's live like we're raising adults. Mm. Yeah. One of our good friends says, I'm raising my boys to leave and cleave. That's my yes. goal. Uh, I'm raising yes. you to leave and I'm raising you to cleave. And uh, yep. a lot of a lot of what we're seeing now, uh, we see a lot of boys that are being raised to leave. But the cleaving part, you know, is they, they have one foot in their new marriage and one foot in their parents yeah. home. And then plenty of boys that are wanting to cleave. And not why well, I, I might have said that backwards, but I think we all <laughs> yeah. know what I'm talking about. But uh, well. <clears throat> but I've I've loved that statement, and I've been you know repeating to my boys. You know when they say, "Oh, I, I'm looking forward to moving out." I said, "Hey, that's a good thing. That's what I want you to do too. I'm looking forward <laughs> to you moving out because uh, yeah. that's yes. what God wants for you. He wants you to be yes. your own man out there. And you know I yeah. can't wait to get married. I I want you to get married. <laughs> these are these are things yeah. we're in agreement on, buddy. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's help That's you great. get there. Yeah. Um, so hey, can she I be... often tell them you need a wife? A... Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to I be washing your clothes anymore. <laughs> Do it yourself or find a wife, not me. <laughs> Do you have any well, uh, last questions for them? I don't think so. This has been great. I really appreciate. Um, your viewpoint and um, experience. Uh, you guys are just a couple of years ahead of us. And it's, you know, gosh, I love to know where people have been because I'm headed there. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So oh, glad um, to share. Yeah. Hey, uh, for our listeners um, who may have just heard you for the first time, can you let them know uh, where specifically they can find you and some of your resources online? The best place to find us online is our website, raisingrealmen.com. We've got a blog there. We have a lot of resources, and it's named after our, our book, Raising Real Men, Surviving, Teaching, and Appreciating Boys. And uh, that's the, the book that we looked for and couldn't find when we were trying to get started raising our six. And so um, that's really where we hang out online, but we're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter, the usual places. Pinterest and Instagram, we have college-age kids, you know. Find us anywhere slash yes. Raising Real Men. Yeah, okay. that's great. Well, hey, we have enjoyed having you on the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Um, we, we're thankful that there's uh, other podcasters on this network that want to talk about real life and real life issues. And this, uh, this episode on boys, um, is, we're hoping that uh, is very helpful to our listeners. So thanks for joining us. <laughs>
that was a great interview with Hal and Melanie, and I really enjoyed talking to them. Uh, it's nice to talk to another couple who've raised boys and kind of been through the ringer with boys. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to have them on in a future episode. It was just so much fun talking to them. Cool. You know, um, I want to remind our listeners, too, that we are giving away, or actually Hal and Melanie are giving away, a copy of their book, Raising Real Men, right here. on Woo! Free book. I know, on homeschoolingirl.com. So what you have to do is take your earbuds out, or I guess you could leave them in, but hop over to homeschoolingirl.com and click on the blog section, and our little post will be called Raising Real Men. You can enter to win a copy for yourself. It's a raffle copter. It's as simple as putting in your... Uh... Name and email, and you'll get to win. Yahoo! Okay, so to finish out our boy episode, why don't we have Q&A with K&A? Ooh, I like this idea. Okay, so we're going to ask each other a question. Okay. And uh, in honor, uh, do you want to go first or second? Oh, I will go first. You will go first. Okay. Okay, so this is a boy episode. Yes. So it's a boy-centered question. Oh, good grief. Really? Yes. Okay. Would you rather eat chocolate-flavored poop or (laughs) poop-flavored chocolate? (laughs) What's the difference? It's going to all be the same, essentially. (laughs) I would rather eat chocolate-flavored poop. I figured you would. It's a total boy episode. Who wants to taste poop? (laughs) That's just disgusting. All right. So, Fletch, would you rather have a peanut stuck in your throat forever or permanently have Cheetos dust on your fingers? Permanently have Cheeto dust on my fingers. (laughs) What's the logic there? Why do you want to have something stuck in your throat? I would not go to a dentist who had Cheeto dust on his fingers. You can wear gloves. <laughs> but still, it would like seep. You would stink I like cheese. I have Cheeto dust on my fingers like a good part of the day. No, you don't. You would. It would smell like cheese all the time. Oh, but this is. <laughs> That's okay. better. The Homeschooling IRL Podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more information on this podcast, to contact your host, or to connect with Fletch and Kendra on social media, visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.